Welcome to Home's Room. Just like homeroom, we start off our day getting together with our homies, swapping stories, even a little kiss and tell action. This podcast contains language not suitable for younger listeners. Topics about sex and mental health. Discretion is advised. Our views are our own. Let class begin. Welcome to Homes Room. We got another episode for you. It's Holmes and Caitlin here. We are talking about relationships today. Uh, I had a, I guess, a a thought at 5.20 in the morning at work because I work really early. I was like, you know what we should do? We should do an episode on relationships because I know Caitlin came from a non-traditional, you know, family situation and i know i had a non-traditional family situation and i think that people that come out of those situations often have an interesting outlook on how relationships are formed and how they learned how to be in a relationship or how to how to process relationships so i thought it'd be a fun episode because either we're going to sound batshit crazy or (laughs) we're going to be um we're going to be just like everybody else and have some some insights on things that like make some money, maybe feel less alone. So, Caitlin, how are you? I'm doing well, Matt. And hopefully either of the two options that you gave either will be entertaining. So <laughs> that's, that's the goal is entertainment minimum for the next hour. Strap in, uh, buckle, <laughs> buckle your five point racing harness and let's go. Um, so first I wanted to to say something really nice and you know i mentioned it i don't know maybe three weeks ago now that i uh is that has it really it has been almost three weeks since you announced you're sober huh yeah it has been yeah um i said i was gonna look up this mocktail that i this company that i found and i couldn't remember what it was and i realized why i couldn't figure it out is because it's not a company that has like a name name i thought it was the the mocktail itself but the name is muddled and mint mocktails and they're decently uh inexpensive i haven't seen all of them but that was the one that i got recommended way back when so i am going uh, to note that um i have also been trying over time um soiree is a brand that I've been trying. Yeah. One of the Real Housewives made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I've go. tried the like mint mojito mm-hmm. ver- flavor. That is garbage. Um, <laughs> but there's three more flavors left, so I'm gonna <laughs> check them out and see if they're any good. But um, I have noticed that um, mocktails or like um, you know maybe like a soda or an extra Starbucks drink or something like that um, kind of helps. Yeah, you know, alleviate that and still feels like I'm giving myself a treat almost just without mm-hmm. the uh, alcohol. So <laughs> good. I'm glad that you have found something to substitute that is better for you, but also you know, like not not so bad that like it's just replacing one crutch with another. So that's good. Yeah, well, we all have our vices, but you know, alcohol yeah. is definitely one of mine. Uh, I don't believe that cucumber mint mojito mocktails will be my vice of choice after that it tastes like garbage matt it doesn't sound good i'm not gonna lie it doesn't sound good um getting away from that because i just sounds gross and i can't I, i need to um i am always known for somebody that uh is you know like super capable and like something needs fixing something needs doing like homes can do it uh people that know me really well know that I'm really clumsy and believe it or not, when I was younger and, you know, partying, I used to have to have a sippy cup because I couldn't drink without spilling on myself or somebody would, uh, somebody would always give me a bottle and not an open cup because I couldn't not spill down my shirt. So, uh, in that fashion, I was making uh, a cup of noodles and I microwave the water in a, in a cup and like a, a mug. And then I pour it in the, in the cup of noodles so it's super simple the like flappy lid closed as i was pouring the hot water so all the hot water just poured over the top and down on my finger so my uh my ring finger on my left hand is now swollen and uh and scalded so you that's don't fun. need to go get that checked out or anything matt what the heck <laughs> one of the one of the good parts about growing up with medical professional parents is I've become a good judge on like, mm, 
hospital? No, it's good. Just ice. Just you know, making sure it's uh, it's not like it's not blistered bad. And if it was blistered bad, maybe I'd go. But it's just that this looks like a a good. Red You're fine, Matt. Start. You only just uh, grunted loudly and cursed yourself <laughs> for touching something with it right before you hit record. And I said, what is wrong? He said, oh, I scalded my hand and I'll tell you why once we stop recording. So it's fine. You're just in complete pain. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is true. And that did happen. But for the record, I'm wearing Dickies and Dickies pants are canvas. So yeah. I rubbed my finger across canvas in between my leg and the chair I'm sitting in. So not only was it pressure, but it was also abrasive, not specifically because of the scalding. I'm just going to keep my hand out in free space. So it'll be fine. So tune in next week when we find out that Matt had to get his <laughs> finger fucking amputated. Don't say that. Don't we have, we just had a friend who had, who had to have their finger amputated. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so <laughs> the, the, there's no way you would have known that, but it's seriously. And it came from like the simplest thing. And I felt so bad because like it was just such an ongoing thing. And I I, like, I don't, I don't know if they, I don't know if they listen to this or not, but if you're, if you listen to this, I feel so bad. I, the whole time that I was learning about what was going on, I was like, man, I wish there was something I could do and I'm going to take injury seriously. I didn't do it apparently. And Um, we're only a few minutes in and Caitlin's already stuck her foot in her fucking mouth. (laughs) Yeah, let's move on. (laughs) um relationships uh so what do what do we got what do we got um so i uh i sent the the i guess the prompt if you want to call it that mm-hmm. of uh you know the text message basically read how do you feel about giving relationship advice as in like do you want to do it do you not um like from you know our broken world perspectives uh you know, I think it'd be interesting to have examples of how we've overcome not having the best examples or the examples that other people would have. And I think that, you know, we could have a good conversation about that. Absolutely. Um, so here we go. Uh, the um, the first question that I like came to my mind when I wrote them out for you was, um, you know, do we believe in grand gestures and how often and how grand do you think grand gestures should be if you uh, if you're into that sort of thing? I believe in grand gestures, um, which is a great, great start to this conversation um, because I do and my husband does not. Um, he, I don't know if, if you and Courtney have ever done the love languages, um, mm-hmm. but his love language is acts of service. And mine is yeah. like gift giving, quality time, um, mm-hmm. and grand gestures, if that's like a sixth yeah. love language I can add. So, yeah. Um, I always feel like I have to go above and beyond for these giant, like uh, two years ago for Father's Day, I let him go out and get a whole new set of golf clubs because he'd been using my father-in-law's old crusty pair for years (laughs) um, and he deserved it, you know? So um, I do believe in grand gestures. I like doing them occasionally, but I've had to, in marriage and now with children, had to kind of reframe what grand gestures are because for us now, Mm -hmm. grand gestures is get a babysitter and the two of us go out to eat. Yeah. Um, I like that. And grand gestures to my husband. He, he likes to show in a million different little ways every day, how he loves me. He doesn't need a new set of golf clubs for father's day. Um, so that's been, um, a learning curve in marriage. I think. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I actually grand gestures, are probably one of my favorite thing. And like you said, I don't, I don't think that grand gestures actually have to be all that grand. I think that it, it could be, you know, something as little as like you want, you know, I know we're having tacos and you like avocado and I make sure to pick up one. Cause I could be the dolty husband that doesn't pick up one. And, you know, I, I think that just being mindful is a grand gesture, but I also, you know, like doing like the, you know, I'll, I'll plan something or, you know, do something that we wouldn't ordinarily do or, or like Courtney wouldn't do for herself kind of thing. And I think that those situations end up being more grand because 
of the like thoughtfulness behind. So I think, like I said, it comes back to mindful and how often kind of depends on what's going on. Like if, like you said, if it's like, we just get a babysitter so we could go somewhere or, you know, we know we're not going to have the kids this weekend. So like I plan something to do that weekend. Then like, if it's two weekends in a row, then cool. We can like do this thing and that thing. Like, you know, this past weekend we went to a car show that was here in Kansas city and, uh, it was a fun, like, experience to get to go do that with you know courtney who i don't usually get to go do things like that with so you know for her that was probably a grand gesture for me to go so yeah (laughs) that's sweet the next one was um how has uh like okay gotta find my spot see this is what happens when you know we're uh we're not rehearsed and off the cuff um um how has the example that uh if, how has the example evolved from your youth to now as far as like what relationship should be did you realize you know your relationship uh was like more based off pattern or you know did you did you change you know what it wasn't ever one thing or you know was it something predictable um i think it just everything's super unpredictable. So we've talked about it briefly in, in past episodes, but my mom died when I was 14. Um, and so I have very limited memory of kind of what my parents' marriage looked like before she died. And then from 14 to 28, I was the child of a widow. So, Mm -hmm. um, he never remarried. He never moved on. Um, so a lot of my relationship learning has been, um, off the cuff, uh, through marriage. And, um, I have definitely needed therapy to, um, allow myself to depend on him. Um, there's a trauma response to be super independent and do things for myself, which if you can imagine with an acts of service husband, that didn't <laughs> vibe really well. Um, especially when yeah. kids started coming along. So, um, I don't know. I just think, I think things can change over time. You don't have to have necessarily, you know, a good or bad example for you to meet somebody, be committed to them and, um, change with each other as the seasons of life come. Cause my husband and yeah. I have definitely been through some fun and different seasons, <laughs> just like I'm sure that you and Courtney have. Yeah. Um, we, we have been we were 17 when we met and have been together since we were 18. So an hour 34 about to be 35. So like, yeah, we've been together for like, it was the other day we were just like, man, we've been together for almost half our lives or for just over half our lives. That's, that's wild. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'd also say for me, you know, like uh, it's definitely changed uh when i was young like high school age i think everything was romantic movie to me like i uh i learned that girls that age like weren't necessarily into that (laughs) like they movies were good but like they weren't specifically like i want a guy to be romantic they just kind of you know did their own thing and it was like Mm, let's see what else is out there. What? You didn't ask uh, Courtney out for a day um, on your first date with a boom box above your head under her bedroom I, window? I did not. <laughs> I did not. Um, you know, it, it, I would even go as far as to say that, like, I had one girl tell me that uh, you're the kind of girl that, or you're, you're the kind of guy that girls want to marry, not date right now. And I was just like, ooh. So like you grab you just grabbed your face. What are your thoughts on that one? That's a, how old were you when you were told that? Uh, seventeen. Oh, it was right before Lord. I started dating Courtney. I was I, yeah, seven, six, seventeen, seven, like right at right at seventeen. I think that that's. I'm kind of interested to hear how long you knew that girl before she told you that. Um, and also, how do you know that at sixteen? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> like that's what I thought. I would say it's um, definitely like a bittersweet thing to be told. How did, how did you take (laughs) that? Because I was kind of surprising for me to hear. (laughs) Um, so, uh, well, first I didn't know her that long. Uh, that was probably known each other for like maybe five or six months at that point. And like at that time, that might've been like the hardest I'd ever tried to like woo somebody Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, and after that it was just kind of like, huh? 
and all my like friends, my homies were like, dude, we don't see you anymore. Like this is, this doesn't seem like you're, you're you and I don't know what's going on. And then it was like, maybe this isn't worth it after she said that. And I was just kind of like, huh. And then there was a whole big drama afterwards. So it was a blessing in disguise, obviously, but all the drama, um, Matt, good Lord. Yeah. My mom said she didn't like her and I should, I should have. Did she wait to tell you that until after you broke up? We weren't really together, but no, she didn't wait. She told me that she didn't. She said, I don't like that one. And I remember her saying, I don't like that one because I got mad. And I was like, well, you can't tell me because I'm about to be 18 and da 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 And oh, man. then I was like, mama, you right. Mama, you, you right. Mother. She was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had something um, like that, though, too. Um, so I don't know. That, that goes into a really good uh, point, though. Um, Cause I've also seen that with, you know, some good friends that I had through college. Uh, my husband and I met when we were in college, I was, we were both in Greek life. My sorority was paired with his fraternity for what was called Greek week. It was a whole week long of like events and points. And the end of the week was, um, this, you know, whole shebang where there'd be giant skits with dances and scenery and all kinds <laughs> of things done. And then, um, my husband and I met at the Greek week greek week after party so i met my now husband father of my children in a crusty (laughs) uh basement of a frat house with sticky floors while he was dressed up like a pirate (laughs) because the theme our theme for greek week was uh pirates of the of the caribbean so (laughs) that's amazing so my very first picture that i have of us together is uh him dressed up as a pirate um, which we didn't realize until, uh, we were, you know, years down the road, but we actually went back and looked at a bunch of group pictures <laughs> from, you know, that whole thing of Greek week with my sorority and his fraternity taking massive group pictures. And my husband and I are all are like standing like two and three people apart in these giant group pictures mm-hmm. and we had no idea. So, um, that's kind of cool. So that's where we started. Um, and then we also did distance for a summer. Um, I was in Florida for 10 weeks while he stayed home here in Missouri. And I think that that got us like we didn't really seriously start dating until I got back from that Florida trip because I was like, oh, whatever, you know, I'll go down to Florida, have the summer of my life. And this frat boy and I will stop talking Hmm. like two or three weeks in whatever. Um, What started happening was he was working and I was working during the day. And at the end of the day, we would come together and like debrief about our days. And it got us into some really good patterns of communication. So you're telling me what your friends and homies were telling you when you were, you know, starting to see this girl that, oh, we don't see you. Um, We don't really recognize who you are anymore. Um, You have to remember who you are and be able to still be yourself in a relationship um, cause my, Absolutely. my husband and I, after we graduated with our bachelors, um, he moved to Denver and I moved to Virginia for grad school. He got a big kid job and we did distance on two different mountain ranges in the country where <laughs> our hometowns were like directly in the middle. They're like 12 hour drives. Um, so that I think the first summer of distance kind of helped us with that, but we both know how to be, we're not completely reliant on one another to the point where we can't function if we're apart kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that being said, whole point of why I launched into this whole anecdote, um, I've needed therapy to be reliant on him because fun trauma dump. Um, I've just expected that everyone that I love and, um, need will just keel over at any point. So what's the point, Uh, you know, what's the point of trying to develop a dependency when I've seen firsthand what happens when the love of your life dies unexpectedly. So having to, um, allow myself to be emotionally intimate with him. Holy shit, Matt. That was a lot of, that was another chunk of uh 120 hour therapy sessions. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have the, your last point segues into, uh, 
the next like thing. And I, and like such a perfect way that I, I was going to ask you a question, but I'm not going to, I'll just ask that actual question. However, can I make an inappropriate joke? Cause I can't, like I was, I was giggling. So like he was oh. dressed up as a pirate. He, he, he secured the booty. He did, <laughs> but he did not get the booty until months later. <laughs> Good. There you go. There you go. We, um, I, I was, I was giggling too much at that and I could not. And I, I, I appreciate that, that we went there because that, no, that is, that's worth it for me. He said he woke up the next morning, hammered on his, uh, couch in the other frat house that he lived in. And he saw that, um, he had my phone number and he went, yes. <laughs> so- <laughs> that's um i i like him uh um <laughs> that's i that's like that moment of like did that really happen and then you look for proof and, and you're like it did happen thank god uh, that's amazing and then you got and then it, and then it worked out and you guys were like you know you have this like fabled story of we were next to each other all night and didn't know it oh so, we did that's good. and we actually had like a speech class together and he was just the really the cute frat guy in my cat in my uh classroom and we were actually sitting at the dinner table i'm not shitting you matt it was literally last night we were sitting at the dinner table <laughs> we both just looked up update each other and i was like you used to be some hot frat guy in my class <laughs> in college in speech and now we're sitting at our dinner table with our two tiny humans that we created what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's that's amazing. It's like the way life works. Absolutely. Um, and you know, like I said, the 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 entire story kind of plays into this, especially the last point you made, where like you know you you have a like a understanding in your brain that has been rewired to like you know why latch on to this thing or why create mm-hmm. a. a beautiful image of this thing so you know did life experience teach you more about relationships and love than traditional teachings like parents pop culture siblings you know um what do you what do you think definitely life experience but i also think it's been easy easily life experience over anything else um you know i had other friends who had parents who had great relationships um in high school that i kind of leaned on to it's in some context for examples but like i didn't really grow up with a you know especially during the formative teenage years and then like everything on pop culture is bonkers like i grew up (laughs) man i grew up watching like jersey shore and brain rotting shit i was not getting helpful relationship advice that's fair Ronnie flipping a bed with uh, Sammy on it is not a it's not a good it's not a good example. I was gonna crack a joke about the letter that Jay oh, Wow yeah. and Snooky wrote yeah. to Sammy. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Dear Sammy. <laughs> uh, see, and this is why we bond. This is why this works. Um But yeah, I I, I think it's you know, this is why I was interested in doing this and talking to you because I think that you know, your experience, like you kind of either had to make it up as you went or, you know, try and do the work to learn like what actually a relationship looked like because you, it it just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Sorry. What just happened? My, the lights are on a timer and the the lights went out and I did not expect that. And they're not normally on a timer. So it was like, did the power go out? But the other lights on, see, we got, we got all sorts of drama here going on. Trust me. I kissed a couple of frogs before I just wound up, um, tripping and falling into, uh, who turned out to be my perfect teammate. Um, I have, Several examples of what not to do, but I don't know how in the weeds we want to get about those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could get there. Uh, well, we could save it for like towards a little bit towards the towards the end on, on how to how to circle around. Um, I think for sure, like you know, that kind of stuff informed my views. Um, I had a good mix of like what made sense to me, and I think I've always been able to process information like drastically differently than everybody else where like I can see something and be like, Oh, I like this part. Let me cherry pick this. And the rest of it is garbage. I'm gonna throw it away and, and kind of inform my view, I guess. Um, like I, uh, I was also able to 
kind of playoff reactions. So like if I did something and you know, that person just like responded, like they hated it. It's like, okay, not doing that ever again. And you know, if it was something that like they enjoyed, then it was like, Oh, I'm going to save that in the knowledge bank and that's going to be back there. So if I ever need to figure out something to try and make this person happy, you know, I'll do it. But you know, I also think that, you know, when I think back to like when my parents were happy, um, I think, I watch them be partners. I watch them, I watch them, you know, joke around in the kitchen while cooking dinner. I watch my dad do things that, you know, I aspire to be now. And then it wasn't until I was like older that I understood all of the other stuff that was going on. So like what to me seemed like, you know, 75, 80% of the time is good was actually probably more like, you know, 60, 40 teeter in either direction at any given time. And you know, that, you know, like, I think that kind of informs life experience as well, where now I understand that for what it was. And I'm like hell bent on not making those same kinds of mistakes, I guess. Do you think it's a good or a bad thing that you were wearing a pair of rose colored glasses in the context of your parents' marriage? Um, If that's what you want to call it. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I think that that's a good way to describe it. Um, I think that it's kind of both because as far as when I was younger and seeing things, all I saw was them trying to trying to make things work and them trying to, you know, still be solid and still be a team, even though they might not have been like the team I thought they were. Mm-hmm. But I never... Like, I, I never really saw my parents fight. I never really saw them, like, my dad was, like, in no way one of the one of those, you know, like, verbally berating somebody, yelling at him, you know, that kind of thing. It was more like he just, they just were on different paths, and it just wasn't, wasn't the way it was supposed to be. But I always saw them try, and I think I saw my mom try a lot harder for a lot longer than she should have. And now I think that's kind of one of the things that, like, probably has been to like a detriment to like me and my sisters honestly like i think we all kind of share that like when do we give up on a relationship when do we not give up on a relationship regardless of whether it's romantic or friend or whatever just because we we sit with that but uh you know i think that if i had seen it for what it was sooner i probably wouldn't be able to have a relationship with my dad at all Mm. um you know and you know, I guess we were talking about kind of getting into the weeds. The context of like why that's important is one of the most vivid memories in my mind is like him packing his stuff and leaving. And he'd done it a couple of times before that. I, that was just the one of the first times that like I remember coming home from school and all of his stuff was packed. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Maybe he's going somewhere and it wouldn't be abnormal for him to go. He worked at hospital, so it wouldn't be abnormal for him to like go stay with somebody for a second to, cause he's going to be at the hospital for an extended shift or something. And this time he was like, he had his like crossbow packed and like all of that kind of stuff that like doesn't ever leave the house unless we're going, you know, hunting or we're going, you know, to like go do target practice and stuff. And it was like, well, that's weird. And then I realized it was all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was that moment where I had to like, reframe things and it wasn't until like i said i got older that i like i was able to understand all of the context clues prior to that moment so oh we have a lot of thoughts about all the things that just came out of your mouth um also how are you just gonna gloss by when do we give up on a relationship and when do you stick it out like you that's not just something that you just said (laughs) yeah um yeah I you if you got thoughts about that one we could talk about that one for sure. Um I do. I think that it's first and foremost you both have to want to try. Yeah. Period. Like um again my husband and I did distance for 2 years. It was not a walk in the park. Um we had friends in college that were like are you really sure that this is something that you guys want to do? Like seriously? Cuz we had been only dating for about 2 years before we did distance. And mm-hmm. it was, I think the longest in the two years that we went without seeing each other was like three months exactly. Um, or like 16 weeks, I think was the longest. So it was brutal. And I was also in grad school. So while I was studying, I was like nocturnal. Yeah. Um, 
it was miscommunications happening all the time. Um, he hated texting and I couldn't FaceTime during the hours that he wanted to. But it's the continuous choice to show up and be there for each other and know that, like, yeah, distance sucks. But we also have an end date. And two years of distance is nothing compared to the teammate that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Um, and it's so temporary. Uh, I had a friend who recently reached out to me, um, one of my Discord friends, who's doing distance right now with another one of our Discord friends. And he was like, you know, what's the like, what's the deal? What's why? <laughs> How do I do this? Yeah. And I said, something I'm super convicted about is if you if you have tried distance and it didn't work out, then that person was not meant for you. Um, mm-hmm. I say if, if you have those who have tried distance and it didn't work out, that wasn't the right person. That does not mean that that's not going to be the case for you when you try distance with your teammate and partner. Um, and then I also said, keep it in perspective. Listen, like distance is one thing. Um, but if it wasn't you figuring out distance, it's, you're always in a season of life where you're just trying to figure shit out with that person. Yeah. Cause it, you know, distance was over and then we had to figure out how to cohabitate and then we had to figure out how to be married. And then we had to figure <laughs> out how to be parents. And then we had to figure out how to be parents of two humans and be homeowners. Like it's, it's continually going through a, a new season of life with this partner. And the point of all of this is that it is a continuous choice to be there and show up. So, um, you can only do so much if the person that, if your teammate is not showing up, if they don't want to show up yeah. and try, then that's not going to work. Yeah. I think I would, I, I agree with that. I think that that's one of those, um, one of those silly things where I don't know. I don't know where it started. And I, I think this is, I blame like fifties culture and like, you can hear, um, I think it's Miranda Lambert. She has a song and she says, uh, yeah, I think it's automatic. I think that's, I think that's, it's in that song. She says, um, uh, staying together was the only way to work things. was the only way to like make things work or work things out or something like that. And I, the other day I sent that lyric and a text message to Courtney. And I was like, this didn't age well, seeing as how she and Blake, uh, Blake Shelton did, didn't stay together. Like that's, that's, that's not what happened. Oops. So I think that that, that culture of just stick it out. Like why? No, you, uh, your only way to make this work is to make it work. And I think now, you know, it's a lot about, you have to understand what you need and what you want and honor yourself. And I think that I'm happy to see more people stopping the trend of portraying themselves to honor somebody else and honor a relationship that like isn't serving you. And I, I think that that's, that's huge. I don't, I don't think divorce is bad. I don't think separation is bad. I don't think, you know, any of those things are bad. If the situation wasn't like, if you're not happy, they're not happy your kids are going to feel that in some way at some point in time, whether you want to have them feel it or not. So, so what do you think is the worst evil? Uh, a couple of, you know, of any type staying together and kids like suffering because of it or getting divorced super early on. And the kids only know moving back and forth between their parents' house. I think number one, kids are resilient and I know people say that and it's annoying, but I think kids are resilient and like if anybody can understand the concept of like, this is just new normal. It's not, you know, something that like is to us, it's strange, but to them, it's just, that's just what it is. I would think that a kid seeing both their parents be happy and truly happy, not, you know, picking up on like, oh, dad's like slamming stuff they're going to learn, okay, well then when I'm upset, I slam stuff or when my partner's not talking to me the way I want to be talked to, or something seems off on the energy, I, I, this is how I'm supposed to react. So I think that that's way worse on them in the long run than if they just see you happy. And that's not to say that like every situation is going to be like peaches and cream where, you know, one parent's happy and the other parent's happy. There's a lot of, you know, relationships that don't, work out that way where they split amicably and you know everything is you know civil but at the same time i think that the kid will understand which parent is showing up for them because they they've been given the choice 
where if you don't give them the choice, I don't know, like you're, you're kind of rolling the dice for them. And at that point, like who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I also would, I would hope that if there are any listeners who are children of divorcees, if they would chime in, um, to give their perspective, because that's genuinely been something that I've been curious about. Um, I didn't have too many close friends in high school that had parents who were divorced. Um, I've just seen all the memes of like kids weighed down with duffel bags and Lululemon bags (laughs) and being like, time to do our weekly move or bi-weekly move or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that it's, um, I do have um, a few friends who their parents were miserable and then all the kids moved out and then they got divorced anyways, which, you know, (laughs) okay. I don't like this. Matt's lights keep turning off and it's always like, do you have sage? Like, what's the deal? Do we need to get some ghosties out of there or what? No, it's uh, Courtney got timers for the lights did not tell me when, when the timers were set for. And I'm assuming they're all just, she moved them up or she changed one and then changed the other to match. Cause yeah, the, the one that's normally on is in front of me. That one turned off first. And the one that's on that's behind me just turned off. So it made it extra dark in here. And like, I don't have any other lights on. So, cause those are usually just on anyway. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm, I think that every situation is different and that either your parents staying together, your parents dying or them getting divorced, whatever the options are, uh, all of it is going to be difficult. That's just the nature of, of existence on a giant floating rock in the middle of fucking space. Uh, in my (laughs) personal pessimistic opinion about life. Um, but if you, like you said, honor yourself, listen to yourself, listen to your body. Um, your home is supposed to be your safe space. Um, Luke and I, my husband know that we are, uh, not on the same page when, uh, the energy is off in our home. Um, Mm -hmm. we've recently also gone through, uh, you know, a transition of being a parent of two tiny humans instead of just one. Um, not being on the right page, like not meshing well, like feeling like everything I do or try to do is wrong. And he feels the same way too. And we both just like stop and are really puzzled and look at each other. Like what is going on? Why are we not on the same page? This is weird for us. Um, but again, it's just another season. It's another iteration and another version of yourself. Um, and I truly believe that everyone is worthy of love and respect and worthy um to have a partner who gives them the time of day and shows up for them every single day Uh, i have i had some friends in college that i was like you deserve so much better but i can't be the one to tell you that you know kind of thing like like i still would but it wouldn't go over very well you know they were still of touchers just like i tend to be so Mm -hmm. yeah i feel that I just want to say, I'm so proud of you. That's awesome that you guys do that. Like that you just realize something's off. Let's try and figure out what it is. Why are we doing that? That's huge. That is one of the, like the biggest challenges that a lot of relationships have. So even if you only do it like one out of like nine times, that's still more than a lot of couples. I think that's awesome. He is a project manager for living in construction. <laughs> so every yeah. single minute of our life, it sometimes feels like has to be planned. And at other times I'm like, yeah. Hey, we can take an extra 15 minutes and just like us watch some, uh, hot dog as my daughter calls it, Mickey Mouse clubhouse, watch hot dog, <laughs> um, in the bed together instead of pushing everyone out the door exactly on time for daycare today. Like let's, you know, so it's kind of in situations like that where we're just like, not, meshing or communicating very well and it's not always uh we both realize it at the same time and then there's this like magical light bulb that goes off in our marriage hell no sometimes it's me saying what's going on here uh and sometimes it's him so i don't know if you and courtney (laughs) go through go through spells like that too but marriage is really hard fucking work (laughs) it is it's work it is work that is definitely the uh the the word for it and i think that it takes 
effort on both parts, like you said before. Um, that's a heavy note. I'm going to hit you with the light note just to make you laugh. Okay. So um, one of there's it is rumored uh, we have spotty relationship woes in our family and it's always been that way like bizarre things happen um so uh it's rumored that way back one of our ancestors stole the partner or wife whatever of a witch doctor and this witch doctor cursed the family line to never find lasting love and it has always been like this weird like is it's not true that can't be true and then like some crazy shit happens in a relationship and you're just like this damn curse and it's so it's it's like like it's wild right it's crazy That's it's insane. a it's a funny but you yep. and courtney are a direct contradiction of that right like knock on exactly. wood so far so good yeah. right <laughs> exactly that's the, and that's the thing is like it, it is work and it's like at that point like uh i'm gonna sit here and fly under the radar which doctor i don't know what happened i'm gonna throw some salt over my left shoulder and call it good but um yeah no i thought you'd i thought you'd find that oh kind absolutely of like, huh? and I, it's, it's so yeah my like my grandparents uh, <sighs> extended family is also um every family has crap that goes on um but i you know i have extended family members on one side of the family that have been in jail that uh, apparently were bragging to an undercover ATF agent that they'd stolen um, like landmines off the back of an <laughs> army truck or some shit. And then I have another side of my family that is like uber religious. So it's yeah. uh, variety is the spice of life, I guess. But um, <laughs> if you, yeah. if you have an example of a, of a married couple in your life, you can learn something, even if it's learning what not to do. And I always tell exactly my friends who are going through some really deep, hard heartbreak that uh, you didn't waste time. You didn't waste your love or your energy. You learned. You learned what you did not want in a partner. And you learned for your next partner how to identify the same red flags that maybe you were surprised by in this one. Um, and there's also a past version, like a high school version of me. That's like, well, bitch, why didn't you learn that for us earlier? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect segue into this question was, uh, was your younger, was your younger you full of shit or full of love? Like, did you, um, actually feel like you, you know, you loved or were loved or were you just like young and dumb? Oh, hell Matt, definitely both. <laughs> um, I felt like, so I'll stick with high school, Caitlin. I was in a very toxic relationship, emotionally abusive on both sides. 100% will own that I, I had my fair, my own fair share of things to blame on the toxicity of that relationship. Um, I thought I was full of love. I thought that I was like tripping over myself, killing myself to make this relationship work. And it wasn't until I, uh, I call it detoxing. You break up and then you detox from relationship um, mm -hmm. moved on, went, went on to college, discovered that the world was larger than the, the town that my high school's in <laughs> crazy concept. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I was definitely full of shit too. You know, I, uh, my dad was a strong, steady, quiet type. He was very much John Wayne, walk tall and carry a big stick mm -hmm. like, or walk quietly, carry a big stick kind of guy. So he was like, he would give hugs and he would say, love you, honey and all that things. But he wasn't ever like. Like, we never did any of the father-daughter dances and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see the pictures <laughs> yeah. of those yeah. on Facebook. Like, we never mm -hmm. did that. Um, his love language was uh, very, very much distant. Like, I don't know, not very direct. Um, so, I definitely... Ugh, I was probably more full of more shit. I thought I was full of love, <laughs> but it was, so, it was such yeah. a toxic situation that I was still trying to learn so much from um, that I just, like... I feel like you are in peak like adulthood or you've learned the lesson of that season of your life you're supposed mm -hmm. to when you can look back at it and cringe. So that's what I'm yeah. doing yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, you said, I, I'm going to answer the same question, but yeah. you said love languages and I meant to say this earlier, but uh, mine is definitely acts of service and quality time. And like, I think that that's acts of service is probably one of the hardest love languages to speak if you don't speak it simply because like, to everybody else, acts of service is like, you know, uh, 
like, I'm going to go to the store for you. And it's like, yeah, but see, you went to the store, but you didn't get the thing I needed to get at the store. So like, I could have just done that. So rather than just go do something for me, why don't you ask me what I need? And then I can tell you, and then you can go do it. And then we're both happy because you're fulfilled. I got the thing I needed. And it's such a weird, bizarre, like you, it's so hard to like, to nail down like gift giving. If you, if you give a thoughtful gift, that person probably feels good. If it's quality time and you spend quality time with that person, that person probably feels good. Um, what's the other one? I can't think of what the other one is. Um, I can't think words of, the of other affirmation is, and physical touch. Of, yeah, so, yeah, there you go. So like those ones are, are like, again, I think they, they serve a, a solid purpose. You can not, you can do those things and it, it works, but acts of service is such a weird one because usually those people are independent, mm-hmm. I would assume. And jumping in to, to do those things is like, Hey, maybe I don't want to do these things because the last time I did these things, it was, you know, not, it didn't work out the way I wanted Um, it to. Real world example, Matt, and I'm still fucking salty about it. So let's talk about (laughs) it. Uh, There was a girl who um, is married to one of my husband's fraternity brothers who I adore. And uh, I wanted, like, I've, I wanted like so badly for us to be friends. Like, like, yes. So I went out and got her these customized pouches with her new uh, married initials once they got married from this brand, Sony Clover Lane, Mm. like expensive, but not really the point. It was a thoughtful, customized uh, present. And I was so excited. I like gift giving, wanted to put so much effort into this friendship, especially while we were all growing up, getting older, all of us getting married, whatever. I get on Poshmark like two weeks later, she fucking sold them. On Poshmark. And I was so butthurt. And I was like, all right, cool. But then it was then I was like, why am I so deeply hurt by this? And that's when I started researching like the love languages and things like that. Like Mm -hmm. um, that brand was something that was like really close to me. It was like an expensive present. I just really wanted this girl to like me. And she turned around and bitch fucking sold me. I was like, that's tacky (laughs) as hell. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that's but pretty bad. You, See, I guess it does. You go and my husband it. would get along fabulously because I do not speak, or I I struggle very much with his acts of service love language, both to give it and to receive it. Um, because he's like, no, I really love to do things for you, but then I also feel like a lazy mm-hmm. piece of crap when I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, if somebody's love language is acts of service, you should honestly if they're anything like what you're describing and like what I am and what I'm about to say, generally like we show love by being of service to people Mm -hmm. and not saying it as in like, we serve you, but like we are serving you as in like, we are bringing you this thing because we want Mm -hmm. to, like we are doing this thing for you because we want to. And generally speaking, if you are into love languages, you really should pay attention to how that person is is showing you love because chances are that's their love language and they might be good at speaking all of them they might be good at speaking yours but whatever they tend to lean towards that's one of those things where like acts of service specifically chances are that's their love language and that's the thing that's the thing they want you to do if it's quality time or touch like those ones are a little bit harder to to like discern but acts of service like if it's a person that's like yo i'm going to the store what do you need every five seconds because like they they are attentive in that way chances are acts of service is their is their love language and they want to show you that kind and you might be able to pick up some uh some pointers just watching them and do the same thing for them and then i'll be like damn i say take the quiz with your yeah, partner with your too. friends with your family members um or at least have a conversation about it you know we'll find one and put it in the show well, notes take the it, quiz. yes and then tell us um, how it goes. So, and if you get divorced because yes, of it. Yes, please. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are not professionals. Do not get divorced because of anything we said on this episode. Please um, don't. <laughs> uh, back to the, the were you full of shit or full of love? Um, I think for me uh, as a romantic, like I've always been a romantic. So for me, I think I was always in a rush to find love. So like I don't think I gave m- myself enough time or any time really to like to figure it out like i definitely feel like i was probably full of shit because i i just wanted to to feel loved i wanted to you know show somebody love because i didn't 
always have the best example, like I said. So, you know, I think that um, ultimately, like, I had no idea what I was doing. And then it took, you know, later on in life to understand and learn what actual love is and should look like. And it's different. It changes it. Like you said, it's, you know, seasons. And I think that that's a very enlightened way to look at it is it's seasons. Yeah. And it changes all the time. And just because something is working for somebody else doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. Like I think comparison is the thief of joy. And if you're trying to keep up, Ooh, I like that. But seriously, it was, I was so upset whenever, uh, my husband and I were doing distance because it felt like this was absolutely not reality, but it felt like everybody else who wasn't tasked with staying together through distance, um, was moving on with their life so much faster than we were. They were like moving on to the next season and like they were all moving in together and this, that, whatever. Um, I, everything happens how it's supposed to, when it is supposed to, and no, this is not turning into a big old Jesus rant (laughs) i do believe that um you know my husband and i were not supposed to cohabitate until we actually figured out that we were um you know we could make distance work and the investment in um each other as people was um was you know worth moving across the country (laughs) too yeah uh follow-up question because i got thoughts on that do you think that looking at it that way was like when you buy a car and you start to see that car everywhere and you're like, damn, everybody's got this car. Do you think it was kind of like that where like you wanted that thing? So like you started to see it everywhere. So it stood out to you more, even though it wasn't. Yes, I did. And what I also was doing was comparing my relationship to the same people that were mouthing off about my husband and I even doing distance in the first place. So I'm like, you're not even in my corner cheering us on. Like why it was so stupid, but it's, you get to that certain age, especially in your like, um, early to mid twenties. I felt like that was when it was for me. Were you looking around at everybody else? That's the same age. And you're comparing yourself like, Oh, well, so-and-so mm-hmm. they started dating when we started dating and they're engaged. And why am I not engaged? And all these other things. Now it's kids. Um, you know, we have, we have friends who have, who are dating in college with us too, that they don't have kids yet. And some have more kids than us. Comparison is the thief of joy. Um, it is your life. It is no one else's life. Um, and you are worthy of, uh, somebody that loves you. Yeah. I like that. And you keep doing this and I don't know if you're planning it or not. Cause you do have like, you, you have the rundown of the questions, but you phrase that so perfectly uh, into this question, uh, what what are uh, what are big things, or you know, at least one big thing that you know now that you're glad you learned later, um, instead of like having that answer younger. <laughs> what motherhood was going to be like? I'm glad yeah. that I learned it uh, much later on in my adult life, in terms of like when I could have learned it you know, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm happy that I learned what motherhood was like after, um, my husband and I had figured out how to be each other's partners. Um, yeah, I think that's beautiful, but just because one happened before the other doesn't make that any, you know, it's not right or wrong. It's just yeah. what happened with us. I know people mm-hmm. that, you know, had kids and then later on, found their love, found their partner, um, found somebody Mm -hmm. that they wanted to be with for life. And maybe it was the, the kid's dad. Maybe it wasn't. Um, I don't know. And then, you know, I have, I don't know. I just feel like there's, um, everything happens how it's supposed to. And you go through, you go through what you go through because you're supposed to learn something from it and learn a conviction. You know, i Um, when I was in Tampa for that 10 weeks, I was on a, um, project, a church project. I was in, uh, an organization (laughs) called campus outreach when I was in college. And, um, I had, because my, my husband grew up Catholic and I was non-denominational. Somebody looked me in the eye (laughs) and said, well, you can't be with him because you're not equally yoked. And I said, bet. Okay. So I did a bunch of research. I tried to figure it out. Like I had a set conviction. I had to do the research to set a conviction about why I didn't fucking agree with that because, um, 
listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. I was like, I know I disagree with yeah. this on like a deep level. I don't know why yet. So <laughs> that was also another yeah. lesson that I'm glad that I learned it when I learned it. And I was not going to learn it until somebody did look at me and say, well, you're not equally yoked because he's Catholic and you're not. So you can't be with him. And I was like, <laughs> who are you? You know? But yeah. What yeah. Are you? I think, uh, I think that the one that I learned later and I'm glad I learned it later because I had to make the mistake many, many, many times, um, is, uh, not everyone's worth it. And I think that I would have fought tooth and nail for the wrong people had I not learned it later. Like if I, if I didn't have people that were like, flaky and you know treated me some kind of way or that like dipped out and i didn't understand why now i can look back with the lens of like i it doesn't matter why but i understand now why and had that not happened i wouldn't be where i'm at now i wouldn't be you know in the relationship that i'm i'm in now because if i thought you know not everybody's worth it. I probably wouldn't have been around some of the people that like I was around to push me into, you know, situations where I learned this thing about myself or I learned this thing about like what I don't want, or, you know, I learned this thing about, you know, whatever. And, you know, best story I could tell about our relationship. And I've been saving this gym for right now. Uh, cause you're going to laugh. So Courtney and I, you said you you told your, uh, you know, you guys met at a, a, a sticky floored yep. basement. Courtney and I work together and I've talked about that. However, the girl that told me I'm the kind of guy that girls don't, <laughs> that girls don't want to date. They, they'd want to marry, but not date because like, you're like the picket fence. You're not the bad boy. You're not the fun, whatever, whatever thing she was going for. That girl, uh, ended up all, moving in with Courtney. So they were roommates while I was transitioning from talking to her, or not talking to her. So yeah. Um, then Courtney and I got to got together and it was one of those moments where like had all of the situation not gone so South with that person. I don't know that like Courtney and I would have gotten together. It could have, I could have continued to fight hard to stay with, you know, with, that person in my life and I me and Courtney might not be here. Me and Courtney might not have two beautiful girls. And you know, that's one of those like case in points. I learned like what's worth it and what isn't. And had I learned that younger, I might not have even like started to date Courtney because I might not have ever even been in the situation I was in to have that happen. T <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap, man. Um, that's insane. Yeah. It was. Uh it was it was it marked the worst summer of my life, not gonna lie. And then in the fall, me and Courtney got uh I got a tattoo the same day or the same week that she got a tattoo, and I found out that she was seven hours younger than me. And I found out that uh you know, we shared a lot of things in common and it was like, dang. And none of that would have happened had that relationship, you know, not existed and be became so negative that like I found something in the person that would ultimately be my wife. So, okay, here is a piece of advice that I think sums up this entire episode. Ready? At the end of the day, we are all just dumb idiots floating around on a rock <laughs> in the middle of the universe and no one is going to have the answers to everything. You could literally step outside your house and a meteor fall on you. However, comma, oh, yes. you only get one life. I have part of my um, sleeve that I started is LWW in Braille, which is the Ozzy Osbourne song, Life Won't Wait. Because um, life will not wait. Life will not wait for you to get your shit together. Life will not wait until you get your degree. Like, Or, you know, yeah. wait till you hit this threshold and do check this off your to-do list. Do what you want. Don't compare it yourself to others because 100% that this journey is supposed to be yours and yours alone. Yeah. I like that. And I, I'm going to count that as like, again, you segueing into the <laughs> thing I was going to say, 
Uh, so that that sounds like really good advice. And I was going to say, do you want, do you have any advice to give? And that sounds like perfect advice. <laughs> and on the heels of that, I would say what I feel like would sum it up is you have to love yourself first. If you don't love yourself first, it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, it's going to be near impossible to truly love someone else. And I think that it's going to be impossible for them to love you in the way that you need because you don't know how you need to be loved. So you have to love yourself first. In the wise words of our queen, RuPaul. <laughs> if you yeah, don't love you yourself, go. how in the hell are you going to learn to love somebody else? <laughs> exactly. I love it. Um, do we have a, that's what she said this week. We do. Um, and a lot of it. Uh, so that's what she said this week when you're dating and it, com- it comes time um, to meet your best friend's new boyfriend. If instantly you do not like that person, tell them. <laughs> Cause I kind of, I alluded to it earlier, but I had a um, boyfriend in college clearly didn't work out. Uh, we dated yeah. for about three months and my roommates and my sweet mates at the time, we all hung out together all the time. Um, he was an ass and we obviously didn't work <laughs> out, but it was not until three and a half months into the relationship when I finally dumped him that all of my friends said, yeah, we didn't like him at all. We did not <laughs> like him. Yeah. And I was like, well, where the hell were you guys three fucking months ago? It's girl code, friend code, boy code, all the things. Um, yeah, you, yes, it would have changed things if it was one person telling me that versus all of my core friend group at the time that was like, mm-hmm. I know that you're looking out for me. I know that your heart's in the right place and you just want what's best for me. And you don't think that this is it. That would have helped me a lot, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, yeah. but yeah, I think that, um, showing up for your friends and being there for them, um, Love and relationships are going to come and go until they don't, but your friends are always going to be there to pick you back up, uh, take you to Taco Bell, and <laughs> go to Home Goods for some retail therapy or whatever it is. Um, do not lose yourself to a relationship and cut everybody off because that's not healthy and that's not you. That's what she said. That's what she said. And now I understand why you said that earlier when my friends uh, were like, this ain't you. So like legitimately after that, you know, that girl, you know, kind of like we had our, our thing and it like fizzled out. That is legit. What happened is all of them were like, yeah, we didn't like her anyway. I was like, why didn't you say that? And like, well, we just, you just, I mean, and one of my, my best friend's girlfriend at the time was like, Oh yeah, I wanted to punch that bitch in her face, and I was just like, "Why did you say this prior?" Like, I would have, I would. It doesn't have to be as blunt as, "Oh yeah, we fucking hated him." It could be, "Hey, (laughs) you know, we know you, we know who you are, we now see who you're kind of becoming with this, and we just want to make you aware. Like, if you're happy, we're happy for you. We want to be happy with you. However, comma, I want to punch that bitch in the fucking face. You know, like it's just like, (laughs) yeah, yeah." That's it, that's so funny. And to add the cat when that same like best friend's girlfriend met Courtney, she's like, I love her. She's awesome. And they would like I'm pretty sure they hung out a couple of times and it was like one of those weird like your girlfriend's hanging out with my girlfriend, but neither one of us are like involved in the situation. Are they friends? Are we friends? Are we friends with that? Like what I don't It's all what? fun. It's fun. Let's go work let's, let's let's just go work on the cars. Like I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um but yeah. Well, I think that, you know, we had a good conversation here with this. And I think that it is important to know that like relationships look different and there's no, you know, recipe. The biggest thing is honor yourself. Don't betray yourself, set your boundaries and stick to them. And if that person loves you, then they're going to also stick to them. You know? And like you said, if your uh, your friends are like, Hey, I don't like this person, maybe listen to them. And if, friend if you think this person isn't good for them maybe speak up and be like i don't like this person because i love you and you know i wouldn't tell you something that like i intentionally meant to hurt you so i love it ditto what he said (laughs) (laughs) um 
So uh, we appreciate everybody listening and I got to get better about asking you guys to follow the podcast wherever you listen. Uh, following is huge. It gets us in your feed. It also helps other people find us leaving reviews. Um, that's another big part of it. You know, if you don't want to write a review, fine, don't write a review. Just hit the stars. Just, just hit the, like, it's a quick button. It's almost as easy as swiping. Cause like really you just have to hit the star and then swipe and it's good. Or so just leave it at one just star. That. That's fine too. Give us some constructive yeah, exactly. feedback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever it is, it, any rating at this point is a good rating. So, uh, just, just try and try and support us. And, I have talked to my friend about stickers, so hopefully soon we will get some homesroom uh, merch of some kind. So stickers is what I'm thinking about at first. And uh, you said it earlier, and I hope the word homie is now going to be slightly part of your vocabulary in our weekly conversations, like rubbing off on you, because there's nothing funnier than when I get somebody to start saying homie, because I say homie all the time. So it's like, what do we call our listeners? And I was like... I guess they're just a homes room homie. Like that's cool. I don't know. I don't know. It's like I don't know what. I guess that's the play on words, right? Homes so, room homie or uh, just homies. Yeah. They're homies. Exactly. They're homies. Exactly. So I'm gonna try and get another sticker in the font of the homes room logo that just says homies or home room homes room homies or something. Love it because it's super simple to do, and it's just something that we can you know show our appreciation to the people that listen. So if you want one, drop us a line. DM us, whatever you got, you know, and we'll, uh, we'll hook you up with a sticker, especially if you leave a review, you might get two stickers. I don't know. Um, also our DMS are always open. If you have some relationship advice or, or you have something that you wanted to say that you felt, you know, we kind of touched on, reach out to us, DM us. Uh, we're always glad to, you know, start a dialogue and have a conversation and learning is what I want to do. And I learn from everything around just like water kind of, uh, absorbs a little bit of everything it touches. I want to absorb a little bit of everything that's around me. So help me learn. Hell yeah. <laughs> Here at home's room, we are all homies. We appreciate you guys so much. We thank you. Bye. <laughs> The bell is about to ring. If you want to drop us a voice message or simply ask a question, you can do that by clicking the link in the show notes below. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. It helps more people find us. Theme music by Kinsey. More music available on Spotify. Remember, every day is a class. Go learn something.